Welcome to Comadres y Comics. This is episode number five, guys. How are you guys doing? We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jennifer. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, we're back. Yay. What's going on, girls? What's going on? What's the cheese de la semana? Cheese de la semana. Jen, uh, you were just talking about something that sounded really uh, cool. Yes. Okay. So I just found out that uh, for the Aquaman movie, they are going to be heading more for practical effects uh, as well as special effects. The new team that is heading um, all the practical effects for Aquaman is the same team that did them for Mad Max Fury Road. Wow. Oh, so nice. they have Oscar winning yeah. um, uh, coordinators on that movie, and that just made me more excited to go see that. Because this is honestly legit the first time I'm so excited to go see an Aquaman movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I um, I particularly don't know anything about the character, but I'm I'm very interested in learning more about the character Aquaman. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen some of the animated uh, movies that DC puts out. And oh, yeah. He's a really interesting guy, especially on the Flashpoint Paradox um, mm-hmm. movie. Oh, he's just amazing as a character in itself. So I'm excited to see what they do with this. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's pretty exciting, and I think th- this movie could be um, uh, DC's version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In that, not a lot of people know about Aquaman, mm-hmm. or if what they do know, it's mostly kind of like joking, cheesy, the, the, yeah. the cheesy things, the Super Friends version of Aquaman. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I know it's kind of sad, isn't it? Oh. And so it's just this could be their dark horse. This could be their they're sh- they're shot in the dark that gives them millions. I mean, all their movies have made them millions, but you know, this one can actually be like critically acclaimed and, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look yeah, forward I to so. it. Mm-hmm. I hope so. DC, step it up for God's sake. <laughs> please, please do it, and just please, DC, give me something. Yeah. Well, no, we want to believe. Yeah, <laughs> I do have to say, if you are interested in uh, learning anything about the. Aquaman character, the new Rebirth Aquaman storyline is really good. I really enjoyed it a lot and uh, really enjoyed their um, the way that they approached the whole um, idea that people do, for the most part, see Aquaman as a joke character, as a joke superhero. Mm-hmm. And they address that in the Rebirth titles um, for the, the Aquaman Rebirth books. And um, I really like what I have read so far. Well, excellent. And you know what? what? Where did that even start? Because Aquaman's powers are really up. I mean, I think they're really credible, and I think it's awesome. I mean, what is it? Seventy-five percent of the planet is 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 the sea. Yeah. Yeah. So like, exactly. I mean, yeah. You know? um, I'm pretty sure it started with Super Friends. Um, oh, oh, mm, okay. Super Friends yeah. is to is to blame because yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. He he was uh, I think the joke was that he could never like really do anything outside of water, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's where most of the stuff happened was outside of the water. Oh. Yeah. So and and he would ride his little seahorse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in, the, in the cartoon and speak to the fishes. So well, very kid friendly. Yeah. Uh, to adults. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when put up against Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, he kind of, I guess, fell short of the stick. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Actually, um, I don't remember him as a character in Super Friends. I haven't gone back and watched it. <laughs> uh, but um, I do remember seeing on the Big Bang Theory how um, when they were dressed up as the superheroes, um, the Aquaman ca- a guy did have the, he was on the seahorse. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I was like, wow. 
<laughs> wow. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> protect him. <laughs> uh, so what's your chisme, um, Sarah? My chisme de la semana is um, I recently went on Monday, not this Monday, but the one before that, I went to uh, Universal Studios. Oh, and cool. I got to hang out at Hogwarts and <gasps> I got the Disney World of Harry Potter. Yes, it was oh, cool. amazing. So if you guys get a chance and if you guys are in town, um, I know it's a little bit pricey, but it's definitely worth it. The architecture alone, the background, the music playing constantly in the background, and then there's little performances. They have like little sections where they have uh, performances, okay, uh, like based on the movies yeah. and books, mm-hmm. and it's just really great. The uh, the Harry Potter uh, ride itself is just really great. Um, doing the tricks because my nephew has a wand. Oh, uh-huh. So I'm like, you know, I didn't think this was going to happen, but he's like, here you can do, you can actually uh, cast a spell. So I cast my first spell, <laughs> and I was so excited. I'm oh like, we got to do all of these. <laughs> so it was just really great. Um, and, you know, the kids and adults uh, wear their cloak from their um, – from um, either, you know, um, Slytherin or uh, Gryffindor, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's really cool. Um, But they really, they really, um, I think they're giving Disney a room for their money for sure. Um, They're actually planning on opening uh, Nintendo World. I heard so, that. Yes, yeah. I am so excited. I'm like all about Zelda. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this Harry Potter experience part of the um, the cost to get into Universal, or is it additional? Uh, no, it's it's included. Okay, cool. And then you can go to like, uh, oh yeah, God. and you can go to you know Simpsons. Uh, yeah, was uh-huh. Springfield. Yeah. So um, we got to have a flaming mo. Which <laughs> <you know, laughs> um, and um, we were gonna have. Uh, crusty burgers but we ended up having something else to eat but it's it's really cool it's really cool um i was really surprised because i haven't been to a uh, universal since the tram ride and um the jaws and the old yeah. king kong yeah. yes mm-hmm. the very old king kong and when they had knight rider and magnum pi yeah. like, <laughs> oh my god that's how that's how long it's been for me the I, mean, last, yeah, I had time. a mullet the last <laughs> time i went so i mean that just tells you where? Oh what's our, Oh my gosh! Yeah. It, it's it's. I have pictures, guys. I do. Oh my god! You have to post one now. Yeah, yeah I, I, have have to, I have to. I have to. Yeah, I'm wearing these really. It's kind of yeah. It was kind of a mullet, and then I had these pants with like uh, flower stitching. Mm. And it's horrible. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but but I think the best part, other than you know uh, Harry Potter, which was amazing was the food. Their quality oh, of the okay. food, mm-hmm. even though it's a little pricey, it's really good. We actually ate uh, in the Harry Potter area, and mm-hmm. um, even the, the dishes look like uh, cast iron. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and then just the music playing and the inside, and it was just... And I bought um, the rotisserie chicken, and it was half a chicken. So I, I heard good stuff about the so rotisserie chicken. I I ate I ate and I was fine the whole day. I didn't even really have to eat anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did have a churro because you just didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. But and but um, no, otherwise it was just fantastic. So what I'm totally chisme de la semana about is if you're in town or if you haven't been, really definitely check it out. It is so worth it. I loved it. Loved it. Well, I'm going to have to watch the movies or read the books before I go because I feel like I won't fully appreciate it without – I've only seen, I think, one or two movies, maybe the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, 
please no hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed what I saw. <laughs> I think I think even without the experience of the movies or the books, you'd still be able to enjoy it because it's set very much in a kind of like magical yeah setting. Mm-hmm. So like you'll be able to like get it off the vibes. Yeah, and stuff that's like true. That. So either way, I think even without uh, the technical know-how <laughs> you would have a lot of fun oh yeah you definitely enjoy it and everybody kind of like you know I guess they also have butterbeer and stuff like that I was like just that. gonna oh say God, I've yeah. also heard about the butterbeer I haven't had that yet but I mean it was cold and I didn't want yeah yeah but um yeah it's just it's really they're really stepping it up I even saw the water world um um I wouldn't say exhibit it's sort of no, like the, the show, show the, the show, show. Yeah, oh, the yes, show. Yes, yes, yes. I love <laughs> that oh my god the last like, the last time I was in Universal Studios was when they still had the Back to the Future ride. Uh, wow, I didn't even get to see that. Uh, yeah. That's what Simpsons is now, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, the yeah. Simpsons ride is now. So that's the last time I was in Universal Studios. And let me tell you, I always loved the Waterworld movie as a kid. Like, I loved that movie. And it never got a lot of love. No, but when I when But <laughs> when I found out that there was, like, any, like, that show there, I lost my 12-year-old mind. I was just like, <laughs> I, like, I don't think I was even 12, but I just, I, I, like, I lost, I lost my child mind. I was just like, oh, my God, we have to go. I saw that thing at least three times. Really? I just, I, I love Waterworld. I don't know why people, like, don't like it. They come on the reverse, and what is most likely to happen is that, yeah, so, uh-huh. like, ocean just floods the entire yeah. world like come on that's amazing and they had like mutants and stuff yeah. and I was just like I really love Waterworld <laughs> <laughs> well I was really impressed I've never seen it before so I was like whoa this is awesome they have like fire and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are, what are you uh, chisme de la semana? My chisme de la semana is um, a comic book anthology that was released last week called Love Is Love, yeah. and it is um, a collection of material from a l- some really heavy hitters in the comic book industry, uh, and it was created to kind of do a few things to mourn the victims, to support the survivors, and celebrate the LGBT community. Um, the victims of the Pulse, when I say the victims um, and survivors, it's the victims and survivors of the Pulse shooting that happened in mm-hmm. uh, in Orlando last year oh, um, yeah. at the, uh, the gay club that was called the Pulse Light Nightclub. Mm-hmm. And so the comic community after that, happened came together and um, created this anthology called love is love and it collects a whole bunch of different not just stories but also some um, like pinups and Mm -hmm. um, just page art and one of them is this awesome and I mean awesome picture of Batwoman holding the, yeah. the rainbow flag wow um, really? I think it's the rainbow flag on one side and then the um, the American flag on the other yeah pretty much I've seen uh, the art oh wow yeah that's beautiful it is so we'll, we'll post beautiful. this up so everyone can see it but it's amazing and um, it was released last Wednesday to um, to people who were just 
breaking down the doors of comic shops everywhere to the point where most comic shops in the area sold out. And, in fact, our comic distributor uh, sold out that day. Wow, and that's so they're, um, the, the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds are going to, um, like I said, to the survivors and victims' families of the shooting. Um, so what they're going to do is most likely uh, do a second printing. And who knows if they'll do thirds and fourths, but um, for sure a second printing is planned. And so um, your comic shop might be sold out, but um, you probably could get it on Amazon or some other, um, I guess, online option that if you buy your, your uh, comics online, they might still have some. But definitely keep an eye out for the book. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're doing digital. Um, I we should look into that. I but don't know either. I think I feel like it's a thing. Yeah, but it might not be since one hundred percent of the proceeds are going to um uh, the Orlando. Victims. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because um some of the stories there's an Archie story. Um, it was oh, really? it was co uh, published by IDW and DC Comics. So there's mm-hmm. actually uh, DC characters like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, and some other characters who appear in some of the stories. There's an Archie story, and there's actually also something. I have a copy, and I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, though. There's a story uh, in the book that's set in the world of Southern Bastards, which wow. is um, oh, really? if you're a Southern Bastards fan. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a Jason Aaron and Jason oh Latour contribution to this. So, Did Marvel contribute anything? No. Mm, <laughs> side-eyeing you right now, Marvel. <laughs> the, the major side-eye, especially... Mm. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're definitely their absence is definitely noticed. I don't know what the story behind that is, but um, I just recommend that if you get a chance to try to find a copy of this, um, or even donate money still to uh, the cause. I think uh, there is an organization that is um, funneling the money to all the people. I'll have to. We'll have to put that online too of what the actual organization um, is it, called. Um, and actually, just to let you guys know, yes, it is available on Comixology, okay. and it's nine ninety nine, and it's already gotten five stars out of five. Awesome. Oh. So yeah, um, it is available, guys. Cool. Thank you. And so their their tagline for the book is: "It doesn't matter who you love; all that matters is you love." So oh I thought that God. was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm going to get sit down with my box of tissue and my comic book. The reason I haven't read it is because I purchased it during the middle of the holidays and I had family visiting, mm-hmm. and I just want to be able to sit down and read it all at once and not have any uh, interruptions. any interruptions or anything. So yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I um, actually on kind of a similar note, I was uh, I was watching. Um, this movie, it just it was something about a flight, flight forty something, it, but it had to do with the uh, World Trade Center. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. So, and then and that prompted a whole uh, different train uh, train of thought for me. Was um, I remember how um, there was a lot of comic books that were published uh, uh, with that mm-hmm. um, subject matter, um, and and it just it, I remember how I was just I would flip through the comics and just like burst out into tears because they were just so yeah. Um, powerful because I mean, if we all of us that are here and people that are hopefully listening uh, know how powerful comic books can be and how they can send like a, a real big message to your heart by just the you know the imagery before you even read the context of the pictures. So um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's really awesome that um, that they're supporting something that, mm-hmm. um, okay, I'm getting kind of emotional, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take it away, guys. <laughs> no, I mean, definitely, I think what you're saying is very valid that um, the comic book, not just the comic book industry, but creators as a whole, when they suffer some sort of um, of trauma, and not suffer trauma personally, but just when, when things happen, and that, that shooting, even though you weren't there, you feel for the people who were, you probably know someone in your life that could have been there at that, you could have been there at that nightclub that night and have been a victim, and so um, I think that when these kinds of things happen, the first um, the first go-to for creators is to create, to mm-hmm. get that emotion out and somehow put it whether they're artists or they're writers or they're singers or sculptors or whatever, that's how they deal and emote, you know, their feelings. And so I think that um, the fact that they all did this and came together and did it in such a positive way to contribute to, um, not and it's not just, and, and they made this statement, it's not just to honor the families and the victims, although, you know, that's a big part of it, but it's also to celebrate the LGBT community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, not to not to you know get ahead of ourselves, but I did see a post from David Mack, who mainly works with Marvel, and he had painted a, a portrait, a watercolor portrait of one of the victims mm-hmm. that he was actually giving to the family. Oh, wow. um, so I don't know if that may be um, that they're working on something as well. Mm-hmm. So just you know keep that in the radar. Yeah, it would be cool if it, if, it, if they are working on their own thing. So I'm going to go with the optimistic route and hope <laughs> that they are. Uh, my pessimistic facade is a lie. I'm actually, an, I'm actually an optimist. Uh, my secret is out. Oh, no. And it's on the record. <laughs> so, yeah, check out Love is Love, even though it's sold out uh, in hard um, form. Uh, trade paperback form it's available on Comixology and you might just get lucky at a comic shop in your area if they still have copies Not, yeah and it's worth the, the hunt guys plus you'll get to like visit comic shops and get to know your friendly neighborhood comic shop <laughs> yep um, so we today are reviewing uh, we're um, tasting a Boulevard uh, it's actually a collaboration collaboration number six it's a collaboration by um uh, Firestone and the Boulevard Brewery, mm-hmm. Brewery, mm-hmm. Um, and it's an Imperial Stout X Tart. It's a tart cherry, a bourbon barrel quad, um, sticky monkey, and velvet <laughs> merkin. <laughs> sticky monkey sounds like a move, um, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's a collaboration, like we said, from Boulevard and Firestone. So. Um, it's pretty interesting, uh, um, and it's a 12.5 alcohol volume. So, what do you guys rate this wow. with our with our rating system? <laughs> on board? Well, I am generally not a porter or stout fan, um, but this actually is pretty good. It's not too overwhelming for me, uh, and it's definitely a porter at the at the front end when you're drinking it. Um, but it's really weird when you drink it at the end. It's I didn't so much taste the tartness of the cherry as much as I felt it on my tongue. I, I know that that sounds really strange. Um, but for me, because I'm not so much of a, a Porter fan, I give it a partial. 
Um, I really, really liked it. Like, <laughs> I was surprised by the taste. I really love that tartness. It almost feels like uh, bursts of cherry mm-hmm. uh, on the tongue. It's really good. So I'm going to give it uh, one more, uh, a full, because, again, also with uh, Kristen, I'm usually not a fan of porters, uh, but this one was really good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I feel like my qualifications are, you know, you guys should just disqualify me now because um, <laughs> I um, I have a slight kind of like a nasally condition, cold kind of thing. Yeah. So um, my my nostrils are kind of stuffed, um, and I'm mouth breathing for the most part of like the <laughs> entire week. Um, so I taste the beer, um, and I do feel the tart, the the cherry tart at the end. Um, and it and I do feel it's a good taste. I I, I do, but I I'm not getting the full oh, effect. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. getting the full blown effect. I I am a barrel aged um, lover, so um, because it's not here nor there for me right now, I'm just gonna give it a partial. But but please don't hold this against me. I I do have a cold, and we were set to record, and I didn't want to miss out, <laughs> and I wanted to taste this beer, but I know now that I should just wait until I'm okay, because um, I cannot smell the sweet aroma that is this beer, mm-hmm. so um, hopefully um, you guys can find it wherever it is you guys shop for beer and try it out. Cool. Right on. Um, so guys, in the news today, um, just recently, Carrie Fisher has passed. Yes. Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. Um, when yeah. I heard, it was actually from my little sister, and she told me that she found out through Twitter, and I straight up told her, you're lying. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, I was just like, and like, I don't believe you. And I, like, I straight up did not believe her for like two hours until I got an email, because I'm subscribed to the LA Times, and they like give breaking news stories. Mm-hmm. And so they finally like sent an email saying, breaking news, Carrie Fisher has passed away at uh, 60. I believe. Right. And uh, I was utterly devastated. I, like, went to my bed and just, like, that's it. I'm going to sleep. Uh, I'm knocking out. This year is too much. <laughs> and I was just, like, maybe she won't be dead when I wake up. Uh, but, unfortunately, she was. And that was the saddest. That is right up there with uh, Prince and uh, David Bowie passing away. Uh, I have to agree with that. Uh, when I heard it, she had... They, it, when I actually saw the news, it was that she had suffered a heart attack yeah. on a plane mm-hmm. on her way from London to L.A., mm-hmm. and um, um, it was 15 minutes before landing, so they had to perform CPR mm-hmm. until they landed and then took her to the nearest hospital, which was, I think, UCLA, mm-hmm. and, and then I had to go to work, so my hope was like, okay, okay, at least there was a doctor on board and they were performing mm-hmm. CPR, mm-hmm. so maybe, and then at one point, I think my brother texted me that she was stable. Um, but yeah, I think there was there was yeah, a Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, there was tweeted. a release somewhere that said that she had uh, suffered the heart attack but was stable. Mm-hmm. And um, this for me comes in the wake of um, actually having watched the Rogue One. So right, um, same. Uh, so I don't want to spoil it, but um, watching that movie made me cry a lot mm-hmm. just because of how it tied into the entire story of Star Wars mm-hmm. and um, and to me Carrie Fisher was like it for me when I was growing mm-hmm. up like mm-hmm. um, I myself didn't watch Star Wars right away because my parents weren't really about taking me to the movies um, but my cousins were into Star Wars a lot and um, they had the action figures and everything so I always wanted to be Princess Leia for Halloween that, that mm-hmm. was it for me like 
I still want to be Princess yeah. Diana for Halloween. <laughs> um, so, and, and she was kind of the very definition of what we look forward to in, in, in women and in movies and characters mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. you know, being, you know, that rebel or being that, you know, that fighter, you know, for a good cause and being strong. And um, I just, you know, it, I really felt it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have mentioned, I think, before on this uh, podcast that I wasn't and haven't been a big Star Wars fan, but I definitely recognized her role as an iconic strong char- female character in um, in geekdom. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, in pop culture. Yeah, in yeah, pop yeah, culture. Absolutely. And um, it wasn't until I read the Princess Le- Star Wars Princess Leia um, comic that Marvel, when Marvel rebooted Star Wars, um, it's, what, it's been a couple of years now? Yeah. Um, uh, one of the one of the tie-ins was a Princess Leia story, where it was all about her basically taking on her general role and just kicking ass all over the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I read that book and kind of got a little bit more of a feeling of her character, because I haven't I haven't seen Star Wars since I I was a kid, mm-hmm. so I think a lot has. Um, a, a lot was lost on me as a kid, not really understanding um, what was going on in, in the movie. But now that I'm older and I've been reading the comics and I read Princess uh, Leia, the comic book, um, I kind of understood more of why her role was such a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Back then in the 70s, I mean, she was a kick-ass mm-hmm. chick. Right. And not only in the movie, but um, as... As a an actress, as a person herself, mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher has gone through a lot of stuff, and to be yeah. able to persevere and to really have been um, experiencing and uh, celebrating, like kind of her newfound, uh, you know, as a as again being in the Star Wars franchise, yeah. you know, she kind of had like a, a comeback, kind of, mm-hmm. and to have. Yeah. To be celebrating that, and and she was really sixty is not old. No, um, not. I'm like almost there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and then that also, you know, it speaks a lot to the life that she lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I not until all these stories came out, I had heard about it. I guess it wasn't really um, in the forefront of my mind of the fact that she um, had um, suffered some. Um, I don't know. Was it depression or yeah, depression, depression, bipolar uh, disorder, okay, yeah. bipolar disorder, and some addiction? Drug addiction mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there was a lot of stuff that to have been going through, to have gone through all that in her life, and to to have uh, struggled with it, and to have really uh, come out, you know, uh, from the other end, and and like I said, to have been celebrating her uh, success uh, all over again. It was uh, just as a woman, and then um, kind of hearing a lot about uh, all of that struggle. It it really hit me on that front. Absolutely, and and for me also, um, yeah, I was pretty heartbroken about the the news. But an, another thing kind of just like struck me, like you know, if it felt like cold water, was uh, what's going to happen with the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, and then having watched Rogue One and seeing what they've done 
with um, the technology out there and yeah. um, how um, they've actually reproduced some actors that yeah. have passed on yeah. or mm-hmm. that are older and have come back to life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In this new movie, um, I think um, it, we're, we're heading into a, a totally different horizon of movie making. I'm just glad I got to see that movie and I'm glad that we got to see her in that movie um, alongside Han Solo and Chewie and mm-hmm. it's just yeah um, it can't I don't know I don't know how to say this but for me it just felt like home you know yeah so Carrie Fisher you will be missed mm-hmm. definitely so Kristen what are we reviewing <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note I know on a lighter note <laughs> um our book this uh, time around is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. It is a Marvel title. And Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, the first trade paperback, uh, collects number one through six of the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur series. And it is, I think, um, correctly titled BFF. <laughs> 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 and as you as you uh, as you read the story, you kind of uh, figure out um, why it's called BFF. But um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Mo- the, the book follows um, Lunella Lafayette. She is a nine-year-old little inhuman girl who is so adorable to just look at her with her little cute pom-poms in her hair and and, uh her her big uh glasses that she has on she's so cute um but she's such a little spitfire i love her so much i love her so much um but she's uh she's she carries this this story arc follows uh lunala during a time where she is trying to figure out how to um stop herself from transforming um into whatever her inhuman gene um is going to have her transform into once she is exposed to the Terrigen Mist. Um, she knows that she has the inhuman gene, and she's super, super scared about what that means for her. She doesn't know what's going to happen, as most inhumans don't know what comes, what what they're going to transform into, um, or what power they're going to have, or what's what's going to happen to them. Period. And so, as a nine-year-old, I I think it makes perfect sense that she's just really frightened about it. And so, of course, she wants to prevent it from happening. So. The cool thing that I like about this character is that she is um, she's a genius. She's super super smart, uh, and um, so she wants to science her way out of this. Mm-hmm. And so she is trying to find um, a way to um, to prevent her her terogenesis is what what it's called. And uh, in in doing so, um, somehow accidentally a Big red-eyed, red-skinned Tyrannosaurus Rex is brought to the future from the past. <laughs> now, quick bit of trivia: Devil Dinosaur himself is not actually a new character. Right. He was an older character from the original series by Jack Kirby called uh, Moon Boy mm-hmm. and Devil Dinosaur. And uh, Devil Dinosaur himself has appeared here and there in the Marvel universe. Uh, besides um, uh, Moon Girl. Um, which is the new reinterpretation of Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur. He also came out in the Secret Wars event in the side story for Planet Hulk, oh, where yeah. he was teaming up yes. with Captain America. Mm-hmm. Now that one, um, uh, that one was really cool itself, but in here itself, uh, you get a 
different a view of how I guess you could see people use devil dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that Planet Hulk one, uh, Steve Rogers used him kind of as a, he was a friend, but he was also a weapon. Yeah. Here, um, um, not only does Lunella use him more like not exactly use him as a tracker, but she she has a connection to right. the dinosaurs. She wants. She she wants to protect him, uh, and as she says in the book, he's the only one who told her what not to do and what not to be. Yeah. And I thought that was really cute, and that was a really uh, kind of ingenious way of kind of getting as a kind of, because when you think about it, it's kind of a ridiculous storyline. A uh, girl and her pet T-Rex right. uh, <laughs> riding around in New York City, yeah. and no one stops them. Uh-huh. But um, uh, you get you get a bit of everything in this book. And Lunella herself, is, she's so so endearing. She yes, uh, she's cute. She's uh, she's got sass. She and she's she's smart. And but and all in all, she is a nine-year-old, and you get mm-hmm. all of that in there. And it's just, it's so cute. Like, this is very much a very kind of like, will she, kind of seeing how, will she become a superhero kind of thing? Or will she become more of like, I would say more like Blue Marvel, kind of there to help people mm-hmm. if they ask her for it. But she's more there to do her own thing, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, well, I, well, I gotta say, just to start off with, just the pages themselves on this trade paperback were really amazing. The feeling of these, uh, mm-hmm. the quality of this trade paperback and I don't know if it's a Marvel thing or whatever, but it just feels good. <laughs> it just felt really good. It was really easy to read, and it just, I mean, I just, it was really smooth for me as as a tactical kind of uh-huh. thing. I really liked that. But one thing that I really, really loved about this book is those little um, quotes from the yes. scientific community. Yes. Those, um, at first, they they perplexed me because I'm not smart. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but as it went on, it was like little tidbits of sort of like poetry. But mm-hmm. by the scientists, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. related to the story. Um, so I really like that because it makes me feel smart just to read other people's thoughts, you know, <laughs> just really cool. And another thing that I really loved about this book as a story uh, was how there's a lot of, in, a lot of inner monologue. Mm-hmm. If we didn't read what was on her mind, I think I would feel like she's being kind of bratty. Yeah. But yeah. because you kind of know her fear right. and know her mm-hmm. innermost thoughts and know how her her frustration because she's so smart and she has to go to yes, school yes mm-hmm. and then how the kids are so petty and being like mm-hmm. oh like uh what do they call her they call her they call her moon girl yeah they, yeah, call, they call her moon, moon girl, girl. <laughs> she wasn't she was oh because her name is lunella mm-hmm. um but i you know in my head she's moon girl and uh, anyway i thought there was but um but uh she didn't like it at first mm-hmm. yes and then she grows into yes. it mm-hmm. and um and I really like the banter with her parents mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. like, she's like, you, you just, you don't hear me. Right. You, mm-hmm. I say, I, because they're like, oh, you lied. You didn't tell me you were doing this. And she's like, no, I told you. Yeah. You guys just don't listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's right. How many times do we not like really listen mm-hmm. to the kids? We just sort of are like, mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh. Appealing mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but, I mean, if you really listen to them, you, you know, there's a lot behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that about this book, how it makes you, like, sit back and kind of take back, like, oh, hey, maybe I should be more attentive to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they have more to offer. And with this character, she was just great. The art is really wonderful. It is. Mm-hmm. I, it's really dynamic, and the colors are, they're just, they just pop out at you. I love that about this book. So I'm glad yeah. that you mentioned the art, because one of the reasons that we chose 
this book is because the um, the main artist is Natasha Bustos, and she is a Latina uh, artist. And so we uh, wanted to uh, continue to highlight uh, Latino and Latina artists and creators. And she came across, uh, I think, a Facebook feed of mine one time with a story of different Latino artists. And I had already been a huge fan of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And um, one of the, um, the the cover artists is actually also a woman, Amy Reeder. And she's also um, in the book here credited as a co-writer. Mm-hmm. So um, the co-writer is a woman. And then the colorist is a woman, uh, Tamara Bonvillain. So um, there is a lot of female... Uh, Presence, yeah, in, in this, this book, <laughs> not only in the book itself, but in the create in the creating team, yes, as well. So um, one of the great things about those scientific quotes, I think, is um, is like you said, it makes you feel smart. But I think it also calls to the attention that Lunella is smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's spouting off these things in science class that, that the teacher doesn't even know oh what she's talking my about. God. Like mm-hmm. the theory of evolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That rant yeah. alone, I was like, oh, my God. Okay. I'm in for it. Let I'm me tell you, I, w- I felt that rant. No, yeah. I, was like, I was just like, you tell her because I, this, I have gotten into an argument with somebody about this, unfortunately. Yes. Like creation. Yeah. In a creationist person. And it's just like, I'm just like, oh, my God. It's not. A, they're like, it's a theory. It's not a theory. Right. It's it, it is basically a law of nature now. There's yeah. just these in between. Anyways, I'm basically quoting that <laughs> right uh, before we get into my frustrations. Uh, um, but the reason why that make that stands out to me is this whole story arc, these, these first six issues, we are following Lunella before she even goes through Terragenesis. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that really frustrates me when I see this um, this book being like touted as, oh, this is so awesome because, you know, Lunella was, um, she was highlighted a couple of months ago and was um, named the smartest character in Marvel Universe. Um, really? The smartest character, which means she's smarter than Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. She's smarter than, than Reed Richards. Richards. Yeah, so um, lots of fanboy tears over that one, let me tell you, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the cool thing to me is that um, that is who she is. That is not her inhuman power. Um, I saw a a story the other day that said, thanks to her inhuman power, she is super smart. No, that's not in her inhuman power. Mm -hmm. This whole first six uh, issues, this whole story arc is about introducing you to who Lunella is before she goes through Terragenesis. Mm -hmm. So um, I get really frustrated, and it's a pet peeve of mine, um, (laughs) that, you know, women can be smart without superhero powers, without, Mm -hmm. you know, without... Uh, you know, without needing some outside substance yes. or interference yes. that all of a sudden made them smart. That's not. She was already. This is who she is. She yes. was born. Well, no. Yeah. She was. She was. I guess she was born smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just to touch on some of those quotes that they used during the book from like uh, what is it, Marie uh, Marie Curie and yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. What I noticed about the quotes that they used, it w- it wasn't just intellectual like sentences it was an actual quote towards like the quality of life yeah Mm -hmm. so that's what i and that's what i really like because that almost sets the tone of who lunella is 
Lunella is a, a full of life young kid, nine year old, um, who isn't, you know, she's not like in the lab like creating stuff. Like she doesn't, um, she does feel like this this great big uh, rift between her and her classmates. Yes, mm-hmm. but she doesn't belittle them or, or you know, she she just tries to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And she has parents, and you know, and it's she's a really super intelligent kid but at the same time she's pretty normal too oh absolutely um, and she's spunky and sassy Mm -hmm. and um and she doesn't when she went on the whole tangent about uh, the theory of um evolution it wasn't because she was trying to belittle the teacher the teacher was just like do you know the answer right and Mm -hmm. she kind of got frustrated (laughs) and said oh well yeah let me tell you yeah Mm -hmm. and um so she's not she you know, she has a lot of sass, mm-hmm. but she's not like malcriada. Right. Like, no. Like, uh-uh. um, and, and then she has a little, um, I don't know if you guys want to, um, but she has this conversation with Hulk, Bruce yeah. Banner. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm a Deus Cho. I'm a Deus Cho. That's what I was going to ask you guys. <laughs> I was like, I was like um, I'm not understanding this because I'm not current on that. So that's what I wanted to ask you guys yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that work? So even his shorts are different. Yes. Yeah. Well, Amadeus Cho is a teenager, okay. and he um, is super smart. He's the eighth smartest uh, guy in the world, as mm-hmm. he likes to tell everybody, which mm-hmm. comes to be a huge uh, funny uh, joke that Lunella hits on every chance she gets, mm-hmm. um, because she, I think she realizes that she's smarter than he is, even at this point in the mm-hmm. book. Um, it's for certain, uh, further down the line in this uh, in in the series, um, in fact, the storyline that's going on right now, um, the thing and uh, what's his real name, Ben Grimm, ben Grimm. and um, Amadeus Cho have come to talk to her because uh, she has solved this um, this really like I don't I can't remember if it was Bruce Banner or Reed Richards who I think it was, I think Bruce, it was Bruce Banner, Banner. who mm-hmm. created this super intricate puzzle that even he couldn't solve. He created it, but he couldn't solve it. And she takes it and is just like, there you go. And so that's kind of like the point in time where everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this little girl is like a genius. Mm-hmm. And so every every chance she gets, she um, refers to, uh, to Amadeus as number eight. I did I did read that and I'm like I'm like in in my head I was thinking because I always associate Bruce Banner as being the Hulk so oh so yeah I got on a tangent no so Amadeus um is a teenager who um super smart and figures out a way I guess um I didn't read this story but I guess Bruce Banner had um he had like um so much somehow soaked up all this gamma ray energy that it was to the point where it was killing him and so Amadeus somehow figured out a way to siphon it from him from Bruce Banner into himself mm-hmm. to save him oh wow and so he took that away from him from from Bruce Banner to save his life but kind of in a way i mean it, it was that was Bruce Banner's identity, kind of, and I think that kind of set a whole bunch of stuff into into motion with him. But so that that um, is what caused Amadeus to become. Um, he was the total his his moniker, his self proclaimed moniker is totally awesome Hulk. Yeah. And that's oh. the that's the that's the series um, title that he's into, Totally Awesome Hulk. Yeah. I love it. A lot of people don't like it because they're Bruce like Banner it, yeah. fans, but I love it. 
Uh, just um, in case you didn't know. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Bruce Banner is kind of dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's why um, uh, Amadeus Cho is uh, like he's like the main Hulk now. Yeah. That's uh, when we say Hulk for now or from now on to yeah. that point, uh, we are going to be referring to Amadeus Cho. And he's also um, part of the champions, um, the yes. group that I was telling you about last okay. time. It all makes sense now. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you guys would have the answer. I was just like, I don't understand it because he's the Hulk and he's talking to her. Yeah. Like, because, yeah. you know, I'm used to, like, Hulk smash. That's about it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but, uh, um, and, yeah, and I was like, well, that's kind of snobbish. Why is he saying, like, I'm the eighth, you know, smartest guy in the yeah. world? And I was like, it's part of his personality because, yeah. I mean, he's... He's like a really like full of himself teenage boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I would be too if I was the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, uh, what I really like though is basically how, um, how Lunella, she she's super inte- intelligent, and she voices her frustrations that people don't understand that they don't listen to her, and that's really like all she wants mm-hmm. is for them. Uh, for them not to tell her what to do or like who to be, right. like that she she wants to do this kind of for herself. And like some people, I think would say that's selfish, but she's nine. She's like right. she's a nine year old girl. Like this is what this is what she wants. This is who she is. But not only that, she's a nine year old girl who is now the smartest, confirmed the smartest person in the world. So like there's this delicate balance. I think that a lot of the characters themselves, her parents, the um uh, the other superheroes have to read that they can't they can't talk to her like a child yeah. because she understands. Right. She very much understands. They should not yeah. talk to her as a child. And there's a, t- a certain point how they should treat her is very much not like a child, but at the same time that she is nine years old. Right. She's, she's a nine-year-old. And, and that's part of this first book that I saw that, like, there was a point where, like, she talked to her mom. She's like, Mom, don't worry. I've got this. Yeah. And, and I was like, Wow, is she finally going to listen to her? Because she could basically mm-hmm. take care of herself. I yeah. mean, the girl mm-hmm. is intelligent. She invents things. Mm-hmm. So um, there are things that, mechanisms she invents that actually help her um, get past certain situations. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right. Um, if they only knew not to talk down to her, maybe the situation wouldn't be nobody's understanding her. Like if they mm-hmm. would just sit and just listen to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can, uh, you see for the most part, uh, all of her interactions with people are people trying to get her to be and do things that she doesn't want to do. Her parents mm-hmm. want her to just fit in at school. Mm-hmm. Her teacher wants her to just fit in in class and to answer the the very um, elementary questions that she's asking. Um, her principal wants her to not cause any problems. Mm-hmm. And so she, I, I like that, Sarah, that you picked up on the fact that um, in class the kids make fun of her because she's smart. And I think that kids, elementary kids who who find themselves at higher levels than their classmates sometimes um, suffer that same, I guess, ostrac- ostracizing from their their classmates. 
And I and I think also um, girls who are smart. And and there's been many studies and many books written about the fact that um, during elementary school, girls raise their hand and girls participate and girls, you know, talk uh, um, out loud in class. And then as soon as the puberty thing starts, um, it all changes and they start to be more aware of the male presence in um, in the classroom and start to understand or realize that society does not honor or uh, hold in high regard smart females. And so a lot of, and you hear a lot of girls talk about how they, they play dumb sometimes mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to garner the attention of boys whose delicate sensibilities might not, you know, be, <laughs> they can't <laughs> that a girl is it's smarter, smarter than, than they them. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I like that the the storyline takes the moniker Moon Girl from something that her classmates are using to degrade her and demean her and to and saying it in a negative way and takes it to a point in the story where she owns it and she's like, No, I'm Moon Girl and this is a job for Moon Girl and then when she and oh that that um that scene when she tries to Harry and Henderson, Harry and the Hendersons, uh, Devil Dinosaur. I know that's like a dated <laughs> reference, but if you've ever watched Harry and the Hendersons, at the end of the story, he's Harry is like a Sasquatch, and he the the man tries to like tell him, no, go into the forest, you're better off there. And Harry's like, no, you're my family, so he punches him in the face. Oh my gosh! As a little kid, I bawled my eyes out at <laughs> scene, and she's like trying to tell him. After she rescues the devil dinosaur from the museum, she's telling him, go, you know, you can go up north, you'll be happy there, and he doesn't want to go. And so she, at that point, I think she um, accepts the fact that they're a team. Mm -hmm. And so she says, this is a job for Moon Girl. No, I mean Moon Girl and devil dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. And so she takes that name and she makes it her own. And Mm so that was like one of my favorite scenes and, and uh, pages in, in the book. Yeah, no, I really like what really got me in the end was that end scene where, oh, he, yes. where he grabs her Terrigen egg mm-hmm. and then just crawls around it. And yes. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> I know. Oh, kill me. It's so cute. I know. To me, it reminded me of my dog. I was like, oh. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so spoiler alert, the whole entire six issues, Lunella is trying to prevent herself from going through teragenesis, but um, in issue number six, she, after going through the huge struggle and chasing the uh, Omni Wave projector all throughout town because she thinks that it's going to help her science her way out of uh, teragenesis, uh, she's too late and the teragen cloud comes Mm-hmm. Uh, overhead, and she um, she turns into a little egg, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know what's gonna happen after. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it li- leaves you r- right there. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. You're like, what happens next? <laughs> On the plus side, volume two will be coming out yes. soonish. Um, I believe in about two months. Yeah, I'm not sure when it's coming out, but yeah. um, it should be soon. Mm-hmm. And um, the single issues, it's an ongoing series. It's so good. It's one of my favorite. Uh, favorite. In fact, I chose um, this trade paperback as one of my favorites of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to me, the fact that she is a little 
nine-year-old girl, and not only a nine-year-old girl, but a nine-year-old girl of color, she is a little black girl, um, is so, to me, important to have this representation. And I'm, I can't remember if I shared the story in this podcast about um, the little girl who came in and I shared with her an issue of Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur. She was in the shop with her dad, and she had the same little hair uh, poofs as Lunella, and she was just kind of there with her dad, and her dad was looking around, and she probably was about six or seven, maybe eight at the oldest, and I said, hey, do you read comics? And she's like, no, and wasn't interested at all. And I said, well, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Lunella. She's Moon Girl. Do you know her? And she's like, no. She had no interest in what I was saying to her. I said, let me show you. So I went and I grabbed an issue. It was actually timely. Uh, Marvel released some uh, comics under the old uh, timely uh, title. Uh, and it was the first three issues of Moon Girl, and it was only $3, so like a dollar an issue. And um, I took it off the rack, and I showed it to her. I said, here, this is Moon Girl. Doesn't she look just like you? And she took the comic from me, and I swear, the look in her eyes, her eyes got so big, and she ran over to her dad, and she said, Dad, Dad, look, she looks just like me. And to actually see how the importance of representation and comics played out in front of me right there in in the comic shop. That was amazing. And to me, I will fight to the end of my days. Um, all the families on, on the chat rooms and in the, in the uh, discussion groups about why this is important. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's yeah. an amazing story. Mm-hmm. I Wow. I Wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm kind of really inspired right now. <laughs> like, I think that's wonderful. I think that's wonderful because, you know, growing up, you know, like, I grew up watching Shira. You know, she was blonde mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. blue, you know. And, you know, there was nobody that looked like me. Yeah. Maybe maybe Wonder Woman, but not really. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but not really. Her eyes were blue. Um, but, you know, listening to your story, my gosh, it, that's so inspiring. I'm mm-hmm. really inspired. I and you're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I can't, I just, I can't say no. That's that's wonderful news. I really like that. I really like that you really take it to heart, and and you try to like expose these young girls that come to the comic shop. You know, they're maybe just there accompanying their dad or their brother or their boyfriend. Um, yeah, and then mm-hmm. in the long run. They come out maybe with the comic book that they'll enjoy and then come back. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, and I told that little girl, okay, so your first uh, your first mission uh, <laughs> is to read the book and come back so we can talk about it. So I haven't seen her since, but I hope that she reads the heck out. She's at home reading the heck out of that uh, that three issue uh, book and that she will remember uh, that there's a superhero that looks just like her. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so wonderful. That's that's really great, guys. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm so excited like to hear other stories <laughs> and to read other <laughs> stories. I think it's going to be great. Definitely. Well, what did you guys give this book? Well, I definitely give it all of my conchas and all of my champurrados <laughs> and all of my everything. I'm a huge moon girl. Devil Dinosaur fan, I can't say enough about uh, enough good things about the book. Mm-hmm. Same here, the full three conchas and a champurrado because it's really, really good and it's highly recommended. 
well, I'm going to give it three coches only because I haven't read what happens. I'm <laughs> stuck at the end, guys. I haven't read the rest of it. I can't wait because I know you guys are really excited about it. Um, but honestly, from where I'm standing right now, it's three conchas. The champurrado, I'm sure, is on its way. <laughs> as soon as I find out what happens after she hatches from the egg. Um, so um, hopefully you guys can pick this up and, um, you know, uh, read it to your daughter or read it yes. to your niece or read it to, you know, your cousin or, or whoever. And, and it's a really PG-13 um I wouldn't say there's violence. I mean, there's some kind no. of like, but it's really well written. And if anything, they'll learn more because of those quotes. And then, yeah. you know, like maybe like, uh, for instance, Kristen said she read this three times. Mm-hmm. And she said she picked up on some things that she hadn't done the first two times. And that's how these books work. Like sometimes uh, you'll go back and read it and they're like, okay, I get that statement now. You know, I get where that's coming from or I understand it now. Um so hopefully, you know, that could be for that could be the same story for you guys. Yeah, it's rated T for teen, but I recommend it to um, girls and parents who come in looking for things to recommend to their preteens all the time. Um, the violence that's in there is like kind of silly uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk violence where he like punches Devil Dinosaur oh, yeah. and then he goes flying through this... Uh, the um, sky, but for the most part, it's um, it's pretty. I would say basic stuff and nothing too bad. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no bad words, yeah. and the teasing is pretty like yeah. The heckling is you know pretty standard mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, and 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 if anything, it shows how a girl how her spirit won't be tor- torn down by you know the constant heckling from your classmates, and that's that's a really bold statement in itself. Yeah, so uh, definitely read the book, but also pass it along to the young comic book fans or young comic book fans in the making that you know. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Um, So next, what is on your radar? On my radar? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, actually, is that uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, the 4th, January 4th, the next issue of Wicked and the Divine is coming out. After, what was it, like a... It's been a while. Yeah, it it was after a three-month break. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know, Wicked and the Divine is amazing. It is one of the best comics coming out right now. It's an image book, and there are currently four um, volumes for it out. But basically the premise is that there are 12 gods, like, basically, uh, that perform. Like, they're... They're, they're gods and they have like abilities and like they can do all this stuff and they themselves become like rock stars and they do like concerts they sing and everything and the premise of it is that um, they only have these powers for a short time because these 12 gods were picked individually as people first they were human then they turned into gods and they get about two three years of fame and then they die and so whoa yeah (laughs) and so basically the premise is that um uh, there's a group basically trying to find out trying to find out why this is happening and how to stop it and the story follows a girl who want who's a fan of them and who desperately wants to be like them and so it just follows her adventures and uh and basically it's really cool it's super interesting and i highly recommend it and it's um um, picking up again with issue number 25 this uh this coming wednesday 
Cool. Oh, excellent. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, what on on the radar for me is um, I recently went to go see Rogue One again. Um, <laughs> I saw it um, at, at the Regal uh, Cinema. It's a 4DX experience at LA Live, which I've never done before. What does that mean? Uh, right? I was like, <laughs> what is this? It's a level above the XD. Uh, yeah, it okay. certainly is. Um, the actual chairs, they actually oh, move. Okay. So you, oh, okay. It's almost like you're watching the movie on a ride okay. of the movie. I've seen that advertised. Yeah, I've never seen that before. And I went and I was completely um, shocked on how cool it was. So um, that's my on the radar. Just if you guys <laughs> get a chance, please do. Uh, please do try to visit. Uh, it's a little pricey, but maybe you can make a whole date out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go out and celebrate and have some dinner or some, you know, tapas or whatever, and then go and see a movie. Um, I actually, my husband expressed a, a interest in seeing Kong um, Skull oh, Island there because yeah. that might be really super interesting with yeah. all the mm-hmm. action in it. But um, yeah, seeing it that way, and um, it, it's kind of a 3D slash actual moving in your seat and there's like air and there's wind and there's oh okay so it's mm-hmm. like and then like there were times where there was like some fighting scenes where uh-huh. you can felt like people punching you in the back wow it's kind of really awesome that is <laughs> it's awesome people <laughs> punch you in the back <laughs> punch me some more <laughs> so if you guys get a chance definitely check it out it's worth watching at least one movie to kind of get the yeah. experience yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah that was really awesome for me I was like I think it actually brought out more emotion in me. I was just, uh, like, really feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's on my radar. And this was downtown? Yes, this was at LA Live in downtown. Um, uh, if you make a date of it, I do re- recommend you take the metro up there, only because it's cheaper than mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. paying for parking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went at, like, um, 11 o'clock at night. So there was plenty of parking, and we got validated with $7 parking. But usually there's a lot of traffic there, yeah. so um, maybe you plan to go on the metro and, like, make a whole day out of it. There's a lot of little shops mm-hmm. and stuff, a lot of nice, uh, I guess, picture-taking opportunities there, too. So Yeah, yeah this, this, is, rink is, this is not your parents downtown. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not. no. I only touched a little bit of it, um, but it was like, whoa, this is nice. And yeah. my husband's like, why don't we come here more often? I'm like... I don't know. I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> <laughs> I love downtown. I mean, it it is getting gentrified very, very heavily, um, and that kind of makes me sad. And I know Jen has lots of feels about that. I do, um, I do. But I love exploring downtown. Mm-hmm. It's definitely wonderful for a walk. I yes. mean, you, there's mm-hmm. so much to see. Yes. So I I really highly recommend that just because um it's it's a whole n- different type of movie experience. Cool. Yeah. Um, I I think I will. Go do that. I love going down there, and that sounds cool. Uh, So on my radar is a comic book published by Boombox, which is an imprint of Boom Studios, called Slam. Yes. And it is Slam with an exclamation point. So that's how you say it. Slam! (laughs) (laughs) I like it. And um, it is a comic book that it dropped in November, and I had held on to number one because I didn't have time to read it. And I read it last week, and it was amazing. Oh, my gosh. It is um, a story that follows these two girls who are um, 
what do you call it? Um, derby. What is it called? Roller uh, derby. Roller derby. Oh, snap. They're roller derby. Roller derby. Roller derby skaters. Um, and actually, the first uh, the first issue follows them getting involved with roller derby, how they both get involved with it, and then the fact that they try out for this league. And um, it's kind of, my husband uh, described it as, it's a slice of life story where they happen to roller derby. Um, And it's just, it was so well written. And it's written by, um, her name is Pamela Ribone. Um, She wrote Moana. Oh, no way. Yeah, she's a screenwriter. She wrote Moana and also Wreck-It Ralph. um, And a couple of other movies that you probably would recognize, but Moana is the most recent. Uh, And uh, the artist is Veronica Fish, who uh, works Mm -hmm. on Archie and has also done some work with Marvel on Silk. Um, It's really amazing, both the art, the writing. um, The second issue has already come out. I haven't read it yet, but um, it's fairly new, so you can jump on. um, And Boombox has just been hitting hit after hit after hit. For me, I um, am. I'm so sorry to cut you off. I have a question. What's the difference between Boom Studios and Boombox? Boombox is an imprint of Boom Studios, and Boombox is kind of like they're they're all ages kind of. It's not really all ages. I would say like preteen, teen kind of like titles. Um, the titles that are um, part of Boombox are. Um, I think it's Lumberjanes. So if you're if you yeah. are familiar with Lumberjanes, um, Jonesy, mm-hmm. uh, one of the books that also we wanted to do. Um, also Backstagers, and um, I don't think Giant Days is a boom box, is it? I'm I not think sure. it might. Be. Is it? I love Giant Days, but Giant Days is about uh, college girls. So it's kind of like a. I don't know how to explain it other than it's kind of more like a their young take on. On stories. Wow, I, I've never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of the opposite, like Marvel Max, which is for mature oh, yes, readers, uh-huh. or uh, DC's Vertigo for mature readers. So, Boombox is something. Is it something that other, um, I guess, other. Um, like other uh, publishers? publishers? Marvel does. Um, Marvel, they do have called um, Marvel something. What is this? It's not Marvel Knights. No, Marvel, I can't remember. But there is one but for so Marvel. So the, so there are publishers that are targeting, like, younger audiences particularly. Well, these yeah. these are just the superheroes. It's the same superhero stuff, but they do, um, they publish a certain um, stories under this Marvel title that I can't remember what it's called. Marvel Universe? Marvel Universe, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. Um, that is specifically, that's specifically for all oh. ages. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. based off of the current cartoon series that many of them are making. And, and then, that's yeah. awesome then. Because mm-hmm. they most, with, with, the, um, with the Deadpool uh, success movie, the, the Deadpool movie success that happened um, last year. And then we're, <laughs> and, uh, uh, parents were taking their eight-year-old children to yeah. so a R movie. We had lots of people come in uh, asking for Deadpool books. So uh, there, there is actually one. Count them one. <laughs> like one. Um, we're talking one yes. book out of the current like five hundred that they have. Yeah, that they they uh, published that is actually a team up between Deadpool and Wolverine. Another not safe for uh, all ages <laughs> reading character in the Marvel universe. And um, but anyway, they did publish uh, a book. So 
There is one that exists out there if you have a, a child who's interested in reading Deadpool and or Wolverine. There is one Marvel Universe book that is safe for all ages. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm so glad that they're targeting the younger audience with certain specific books because, um, you know, um, sometimes parents want to expose their children to comic books but can't find, like, comic books safe for kids. Mm-hmm. So this is really cool. I actually yeah. bought a Tiny Teen... Oh, oh yeah, so tiny titan. Yeah, yeah, tiny titan. Tiny, tiny. It was totally cute, and my and we uh, we would read our comic books together, my nephew and yeah. I. So, um, it, it makes me happy to be able to find comic books to kind of get him into the whole comic mm-hmm. book reading thing. Yeah. So awesome. Yes. Yeah, so read slam. It's really Boom. awesome. I really love it. And the first issue, like I said, was amazing and it leaves on a little cliffhanger where the girls try out for um the the uh roller derby league and they both get picked but for opposing teams mm. oh so. no that sounds <laughs> awesome that sounds awesome already so yeah so we'll see what happens uh throughout that and you know when uh roller derby started taking off here in los angeles like gosh it's been maybe 15 years now it's been a while because i was i was not as old as I am now. <laughs> and I remember going to a bout and being like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. I'm going to do this. And I went so far as to go onto the website and, like, look up the information to sign up. And that is where I saw all the pictures of the girls with missing teeth and oh. bruises. And, and I'm like, okay, I think, I think oh, I'll just no. be in the stands. <laughs> wow, really? Oh, it's my God. hardcore. It was hardcore. So, uh, And then there was actually a reality TV show that came out um, on A&E or something about women in the roller derby. And I remember watching it and being so into it. And so it was like, it's such a subculture, actually. Uh So I'm really interested to see what they do with this book and how they, they deal with that. I remember maybe some 10 years ago, there was a movie out also on roller oh, derby. Oh, that sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, and yeah. I, I want to say Helen Page, but I can't be mm-hmm. sure, because it's sitting somewhere in the back of my mind somewhere, but yeah, it looks pretty painful. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, get really, they get really aggressive. Yeah. It's sort of like, I would have to say like hockey, mm-hmm. but without the puck. Yeah. Like, like you're the puck. <laughs> yes. All I, all I know about roller derby is what um uh, that one King of the Hill episode where Peggy and uh, Hank's niece, uh-huh. uh the blonde one, uh-huh. Uh-huh. they join the roller derby team because they're trying to make money to pay off credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was an episode of The Simpsons on it. As That's well, funny. That Marge also joined the roller derby wow. team. Well, yeah. it is some hard core stuff, and these women are like athletes to the core. Yeah. It's really amazing. So, uh, roller derby for Olympics, sports, yeah. <laughs> whatever. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah so that is what's on my radar excellent guys well I think that brings us to the end of our show do you yes. guys have any shout outs or anything well as always uh, we're on Instagram at Comadres y Comics and we are on Twitter at Comic Comadres uh, tweet us with any ideas or questions that you guys want and we'll be happy to address them on the next episode yes absolutely and always you know you guys can find us and contact us on Facebook um, also, you can listen to us on iTunes and Podomatic. But mm-hmm. if you'd like to drop us a line, maybe a review on iTunes would be great. Um, thank you guys for listening again. Yes, cool. Nice. We have been your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jennifer. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.